The opinions expressed on this program may be considered offensive, crude, or politically incorrect. They are merely those of the speakers and not of the affiliates and or sponsors. Welcome to the 41st episode of Multiple Perspectives, a podcast where we take a look at controversial issues from many points of view. Coming up on today's episode, gun sales spiking despite the gun control debate, pretend gun-free zones, and tragedy in Texas. I'm your host, Ken. Joining me is designated pizza cutter, Joe. Joe, how has your week been? It's been horrible. Have you been having any pizzas? Very heavy. The heavy heavy pizzas? Yeah, heavy pizzas, a lot of cutting, a lot of flipping. <laughs> Have you seen how they cut the pizzas at that that pizza joints? Yeah, it's not, the little, it's not the little spinny thing we use. It's the skimitar, right? Is that what it's called? It's like it's a like machete a, with two handles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a curved blade. You just call it? A skimitar. It's a weapon from the Middle East. What do they use to do? They don't use it for beheadings, don't they? Is that what they use it for? They're from the Indiana Jones movies and all the other, you know, movies set in the the olden times. Is it used for beheadings? Beheadings and fighting uh, zombies and mummies. So what you're saying is the tool that was used for beheadings is not being used to cut our pizza. Well, it looks like it's a curved blade, so. (laughs) Have I'm going to go ahead and call it a machete with two handles. But speaking of weapons and dangerous tools, this week's episode is a little bit more focused. It's about guns. Guns. Yes. Yeah, as Alex Jones would say. Assault rifles. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we start the episode first with our opinion about guns. What what are your thoughts on guns and gun rights? Uh, I think guns are tools, like everything else. You know, okay. so is it like that, a wrench? You're you're saying it's like a wrench? It's you not like a Sears. wrench, but it's similar. It is it's, a wrench. Well, it, it has more power to it. It can change things. The gun is a it's a tool that can take away lives. Okay, it, is it is it regulated enough at the moment? Uh, I can't answer that question. All right. I'm not so really sure. So, w- when you say that any tool has the has the ability to take a life, you could take a life with a wrench. Yeah, also with a chainsaw. Right. So, yeah. so should there be different classes? For example, handgun, assault rifle, flamethrower. Sure, grenade, you know. Grenade, yeah. yeah. Do you have to have a permit to get a chainsaw? I don't think so, I, but I I think we could just walk in Orchard Supply and get a chainsaw. There's no background check or there's nothing like that. Hmm, interesting. So, how come people aren't, uh, you know, talking about chainsaw control on Facebook? Because it's not, it's not uh, romantic like guns. Rom- okay, all right. So, what if, what if tomorrow we wake up and we see on the news someone went on a, a chainsaw massacre in Texas? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. It, then it would it be romanticized as guns are. Yeah, I mean, I think they made a movie out of it, I right? But so. that that that's not like the guy went to the mall and started cutting up people. He was a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. You know, what if what if a guy went up 
went to a mall and, and started cutting up people with a chainsaw. Would people be screaming about chainsaw control on Facebook? Uh, I think they'd be horrified by it. I don't think they'd be screaming for chainsaw control. They'd be saying, they'd, <laughs> they'd be saying this guy is a lunatic. So is is it, you know, these, these is the weapon kind of a, a target? Nobody really talks about knife control when some someone goes on a stabbing spree, right? No, no. It, if if it, if it's a gun, then it's the gun's fault. If it's anything else, then it's the person's fault. That's how I feel like how it's portrayed. I feel the same way. Um, so let's head into the news this week. Uh, coming from KY3, I guess this is a, another branch of NBC because I see the Peacock logo. Mm-hmm. This one reads, gun control debates continues, local gun sales spike. So it covers um, basically how in the past few weeks, gun control is in the news because of the recent events. And uh, apparently, gun sales are going up. Is that something you're surprised by? No, because it always happens from every uh, shooting that we have. That's kind of the trend. Okay, and what is the justification from the people who are just suddenly buying guns now? Well, one person, Jerry Cooper, was many of the gun owners at the gun show in Springfield, according to this article that says, I want to keep my rights intact so that I can exercise those when I deem necessary. Right. They're afraid of losing their rights. That's why they're buying the guns in mass. Okay. According to President Obama, though, he says we have to make it harder for people who want to kill Americans to get their hands on weapons. So gun control advocates, they call for more regulations on assault rifles and laws to keep people on the no-fly list from buying a firearm. Um, Obama says it's common sense steps that could reduce gun violence. (laughs) I see you smiling on that end. What are your thoughts on Obama's words there? I think it's being hypocritical because, look, it says we have to make it harder for people who want to kill Americans to get their hands on weapons. But the United States government is the one who provides weapons to people overseas that kill Americans, that eventually will kill Americans. In the Middle East, gun trades during war, man. We provide training. We provide weapons to certain factions that agree with us one time and later on will kill us. That's why it's kind of hypocritical critical to me. Cody Costello from Eagle Armory says that checks are already actually in place to keep guns out of the wrong hands. He says it's not as easy as walking in and saying, hey, I need a gun right now, which a lot of people seem to think it's that easy. And we've seen time to time it's not that easy. No. Uh, there's there's background checks. There's a whole bunch of paperwork you have to do. People have to give their IDs. They have to fill out the paperwork, and then they have to run the background check. And that's basically the waiting period that people have to go through to get their gun. Their weapon. Right, yeah. right. Uh, when you start talking about taking people's rights away, they're going to start exercising them. So there's pressure. That's uh, another person who is uh, at one of these gun events. Um, what do you call them? Gun shows, gun conventions. I'm not sure exactly. Gun con? Gun con, yeah. Weapon yeah, con. Gun con? Yeah, do people dress up for it? Yeah, in tactical gear, I guess. <laughs> and then do, do other people dress up as like, you know, deers and 
like ducks and stuff like that. Whoa. Zombies. Is it, is it that type of thing? I guess. I don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. It's important that they're prepared and hopefully they'll never need to use it. So that's the mindset that uh, it's better to have something and never use it or never need it rather to need it and never have it, mm-hmm. which I agree with. But what do you think about this whole gun advocacy group here? And this is just one of many. I mean, they have the right They have the right to exercise the Second Amendment. That's what I believe. They, they could buy as much as they want according to the law, but the law won't prevent somebody from shooting. Well, here's the thing. This, this group here isn't a group that believes everybody should have a gun, which seems to be what people who are against guns thinks that we think. And I'm going to say we, because I'm going to go ahead and put us in that group that uh-huh. believes people has the right to exercise their right to own guns. Um, from whatever they're saying, I don't get the feel that they want everybody to have guns. Um, they're just advocating for the right to have guns. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking about people who think that everybody who thinks that their their right to own arms wants everybody to be armed, like celebrities like Kim Kardashian in their next article from Inquisitor, most people will say, oh, man, you're not making enough laws to stop people from getting guns. But there already are laws, according to the previous article. You know, this article from Inquisitor says that Kim Kardashian slash West, because she's married to Kanye West now, tweeted, the fact that anyone can so easily access guns is so scary. And after all of the devastating loss, the Senate should have not failed us. So the Senate was fighting over key gun control measures. You know, celebrities will always go against owning guns. So do you think that's just really something that they say they believe just so that, uh, you know, they get the popularity vote kind of in a sense that, you know, most people watching TV, they're going to be against guns just because of how the mainstream media presents these cases, such as the Orlando shooting. Do you think that everything they're saying is really true or is it some PR person controlling a puppet here? Maybe it's a PR thing or like uh, whoever their agent is. Hey, you should say something so that you get more popularity. Does Kim Kardashian even run her own Twitter? I don't know, man. Maybe it's her. Uh, maybe it's her daughter. I'm but not really sure. Does she has a daughter. Yeah, with Kanye West, man. Wait, isn't the daughter like a baby? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe she does. What's the daughter's name? It's something stupid, right? No, it's like. Uh, I think it's Northwest. Yeah, and that's not stupid to you? Or it's North. Nah, it's, people can name whatever their baby they want to. Yeah, Just but like, you, still have the, you still have the right to think it's stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an interesting name, I'll say that. I wouldn't call it stupid. <laughs> okay, names from Stephen Colbert, John Legend, uh, and a whole bunch of celebrities I don't even know. They're posting the same things on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Whatever people are using nowadays, I'm not sure. Uh, Zanga, who knows? Zanga. <laughs> they're, they're all posting the fact that they don't like guns and they want more control. And the Inquisitor is going to say, basically, that uh, these celebrities don't understand that, you know, 
their lives are different from the common citizen. I think the the biggest point the article made was that uh, these celebrities they have money to hire a bodyguard who carries what sometimes a gun, a gun. <laughs> right? Sometimes, not all the time, and. You know, so they, they have their own protection, but uh, the common folk, like you and me, uh-huh. we may need our gun to, to just having a lockbox in our dresser in case someone breaks into our house. Mm-hmm. And the article says that these celebrities basically don't understand that. Do you think that's a valid argument? Yeah, they're living in, uh, most of them are living in neighborhoods that are very... Thought you were going to say the cured. Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> No. They're in a gated community usually. They have a gate around their house. They have some bodyguards. They have, every time they walk, you know, they got people protecting them from paparazzi. When we, we, when we walk on the street, we're just protecting ourselves, you know. Right, right. So Kim Kardashian is actually also outraged that uh, the mentally ill can purchase a gun. And the writer of the article says, I'm curious. What mentally ill person does Kim want to prevent from buying a gun through legal means? Does Kim's criteria include people who suffer from depression? Because that's a large group of people. Millions, in fact. What do you think about that thought there? Yeah, I mean, I think there's actually a lot of mentally ill people here. <laughs> it's that, that term is so broad, you know, what makes you mentally ill? Correct. According to Kim Kardashian, it might be people who want to buy a gun. <laughs> right? Yeah. What is considered as mentally ill? If you're depressed or do you have, uh, you know, two personalities, you can't have sleep at night. What, what, what does that mean? I mean, they have also the right to protect themselves, but it may also have some effects on when they wield the gun. There might be some consequences to, you know, their mental illness. Mixing with well, well here's what? the point that I think the the article is trying to make. If you draw the line somewhere, where do you stop drawing the line? Hmm. That's right, because right now the line is what the the criminal background or a no fly zone or yeah, right. People who are on the no fly list, people with criminal backgrounds, people who are. Uh, it's definitely not mentally ill because. Kim Kardashian says that they can buy guns and we know like everything she says is true. (laughs) So we're going to take that as truth. Um, The article closes with, it is frightening to me that liberal celebrities like Kim Kardashian, John Legend, Stephen Colbert would be so quick to hand government such power to decide onto whom the constitution applies. Take a look at history to see how well that worked out for some citizens. Like decades of Jim Crow laws against black people. Pretty far stretch, I think, by this, uh, by this writer here. Now, if we really want to boil it down, which side is the writer of this article on? He's more on the, uh, you have the constitutional right to own firearms. Right, so it, it's, it's kind of hard to read this article and you know, not want to read the other side. Yeah, he's also for, uh, he, he wants to end the gun violence. He's not the, you know, oh, just deal with it. People have the right to own guns. He, he's the one who wants to lower the killings. I mean, I can't think of one person who doesn't want to end the gun violence. Correct. You know, I, who who goes out and says, I want the gun violence to keep going on? 
Oh boy. <laughs> I've never seen or heard of that happening. Uh, So let's move along to our last article of this segment here. This one comes from National Review, which at first I thought would give us, uh, you know, fairly meaningful article to read and discuss. Now, this one says conservative for gun control and it's written by Kevin D. Williamson. And from the article's title, what would you think the article is about? I thought it would be more about um, like Republicans, conservatives going against. They want more gun control. That's what right. I thought the article was. Or about. at least conservatives who are aware of, of liberal arguments for gun control. But after reading the article, did you get any of that at all? No. Me neither. <laughs> can, can you give us a 20 second summary of what this guy is saying at all because it's it's difficult for me to understand anything he's he's trying to say here my 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 understanding of this article is kind of like the laws that we have isn't really that effective in preventing people from purchasing firearms okay so you know we say on multiple perspectives laws don't stop anybody Mm-hmm. And I think what this guy is trying to say, I think I'm trying really hard to see what he's trying to say, is that we can have all those laws, but uh, after we have those laws, or when we had those laws, did it really stop anything? Not really. No, it didn't. No. In the case of the Orlando shooter, there were actually three interviews by FBI agents, and they suspected of him being connected to uh, Islamist terrorism. But that was it. Nothing else. Yeah, it didn't do anything. I heard Trump say about that too. He's like, oh, it's just a sh- such a shame that uh, we screened the guy and he had some ties and the authorities didn't do anything. Saw an interview. Right. So I guess that kind of goes into this guy's point that uh, we may need more gun control. Um, you know, not exactly nobody gets a gun, but just more structured processes to achieve guns or obtain them. And, uh, you know, background checks such as that one, but poorly written, this article. It, you know, the interesting thing in this article is like, uh, if you go to a dealer and they screen you, the FBI has to respond with like three days or something. And within three days... If they haven't responded back, the sale is permitted, even though they have something on their record. Right. So they're able to get the gun. And then here in the article, it also says, even if they reported that they should have been sold, the ATF won't do anything about it. So we can kind of pick up little small points from this guy's writing. And I feel like he makes a few good points. Could this article be rewritten? Yeah, it could be easier for us to understand. You're right. There is just so much fluff in this article. and I, I mean, I'm not trying to just criticize the guy, Kevin D. Williamson. I just think that articles like this, they're, they're just, they, they, they discourage people from reading the news, you know? What if I was a first-time reader and I went online and I said, oh, I want to actually look at alternative news. I pop on Kevin D. Williamson. And I read this. I got yeah, nothing good. from that. I'm not going to keep reading news ever. It's kind of tough to digest for someone. Right. 
but maybe some people actually like it that way. Let's head into our first break here on this episode. When we get back, we're going to go a little bit more into gun control and all the guns. And uh, I actually pulled an article from Campus Reform, which was kind of surprising this week, actually. After you read it, did you get that same feeling? Mm-hmm. This is a podcast, Joe. People can't see you nodding. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Multiple Perspectives. Don't go anywhere. So you remember uh, when we went to college, did you see any signs that say gun-free zone? Uh, I think I did. I, I, I remember drug-free zone. I remember drug, drug-free zone and uh, no-smoking zone. Well, that... I don't remember seeing a gun-free zone. That no-smoking zone, I think, was put up after we graduated. I think there was a uh, no-violence zone or something like a safe oh, zone. Oh, yeah, safe zone I've seen all the time. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. Do you know what that means? I don't know. In, in the bus, I saw a safe zone. I think it's when like kids are abused or something, and if they were to tell the uh, oh yeah, they have they no. have the, basically the responsibility to tell someone, or is it that, to say something, or is it that everything's private and they don't tell anybody? What does it mean? Hmm. I don't know. Huh. A lot of a lot of terminology we're not familiar with. Anyways, coming from uh, your favorite source, good segue, campus reform. Liberty University professor derides pretend gun-free zones on campuses. All right. So before we jump in, the article writer Morgan Walker, because after reading this, I thought to myself, this is not a typical campus reform article. So I clicked on her name and it looks like her kind of niche is that she's a campus correspondent in Mississippi and she likes to expose liberal bias at colleges. So this is completely different from from the usual campus reform articles we've read. She's more swinging to the uh, to the yeah, right. So I feel like this is the last article we're ever going to see from her on this site. <laughs> it's got 418 shares as we speak, though. So I'm not sure if people are really reading this at all. You know, a lot of people just read the title. And they share it because yeah. oh, the title makes a lot of sense. But the article basically focuses on Liberty University. Um, one of their biology professors, Daniel Howell, he says that gun-free zones do nothing to prevent shootings. Uh, he points to stats that say 
when gun laws are more restrictive, murder rates rise. That was the case in the uh, D.C. area. So, a very controversial thing to say, especially to college kids. Is this something that you think we would have heard uh, during our college times? No, not at all, man. I'm telling you straight up, most of my professors were very left-wing. They grew up mostly in the uh, baby boomer age. Right. I, I mean, most of mine were as well. But there was one specific professor that I just dropped the first day because the, the whole lecture was just extremely liberal. It was just, I, I couldn't take it, so I dropped it. Mm-hmm. No offense to the professor, but uh, let's, let's get back to the story here. He recounts his memories uh, from 1997 at Virginia Tech. And what is that school known for in terms of guns? Yeah, shooting took place. A very famous shooting. That's the very first one I really remember right. as a kid. As a kid, yeah, you know, I would say infamous. I'm I'm not sure if famous is the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was 32 people who were killed, and he recounts that that was 10 years before that actually happened. That he was um, at Virginia Tech, received his PhD there. So. Now, he's looking back, he's saying that gun-free zones like Virginia Tech or a movie theater where they're actually pretend that gun-free zones, he says a sign on a window or a policy in a handbook doesn't make it gun-free. But it does create people who can be helpless if they are following the rules when law-breaking criminals are not. Very strong words there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with him. I agree with him. It's a, uh, I think it's this article or the other article where they say, uh, being safe and feeling safe are completely different things. Right. So should I think this is insane. should we be yeah. advocating gun control or gun safety? I believe maybe a little bit of both. Mostly gun safety and some gun control. Education. I agree. I agree. So the Daily Signal, which is another news source, reported in February that 54 mass shootings uh, that occurred in 2002, in which the assailant's intention was to kill a large number of people at random, 69% of those took place in gun-free zones. 17 shootings, which is 31%, occurred in places where firearms were allowed. And of those 17 shootings where firearms were allowed, Five ended when the gunman was either slowed down or stopped by a permitted gun holder. Mm-hmm. A lot of stats to take in. In the thirty, in, in the thirty-one percent where people were allowed to own guns, how many of those people actually own guns? That's, so that's the question. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, you know, I think there was another article I can't recall because all this is starting to mix in together. That you know, let's assume it's five percent uh, of the given sample size that are owning guns. So let's say 300 people, 15 would have guns, and 15 against one is better than what, zero against one. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're not saying that's the truth. We're saying that's something, something to think about before you start posting on Facebook about how everyone needs to turn in their guns. Good people. There's a lot of factors yeah, into this. a lot this, of man. factors. Good people with guns don't create crimes. They stop it. I don't know about that. Uh, that's if they have some good target practice, man. And 
that they're so inclined to stop it. How many people are just going to lay low? Maybe most of them will lay low. Because sometimes it's it's just not worth your life trying to save others. I'm not saying you you shouldn't and whatnot. I'm just saying that's sometimes. And no one is more law-abiding than the average concealed carry person. Where did he get that statistic? Is that something he just pulled out of his ass? Uh, I don't know, man. That's I guess if you're a concealed carry permit, I mean, if you're a permit holder, that means you didn't buy the gun and pretend you just hide it. Right. That you're carrying it with you without a permit. I guess if you have a permit, that means you do follow the law because you registered your weapon. A lot to take in. But I don't know yeah, where you got that to, from. A lot to really take in. So he, he says that, how he says, it's logistically impossible to ban all guns from gun campuses without establishing TSA-style searches. Very true. Like drug-free campus, how are you going to enact that? How are you going to regulate that? You got you to do a search of everybody. Right, you got to get those canines, those drug-sniffing dogs. You got to get everybody to strip down and... You got to check all cavities just like in a Right. Yeah. So that won't work, man. Honestly, in my opinion, most of these signs are just bull. Because how many times have you driven on a freeway and it says, what does it say? Uh, Speed reinforced by aircraft. I don't know. What the heck does that mean? (laughs) It means means there's an aircraft flying around 24 7 measuring your speed. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that, man. Right. I think it's just like a fear tactic. Yeah. So, what about the sign at, you know, the the water park that says, uh, you know, hey, there's a chemical in this water that if you pee, it turns purple. I've never seen that. Well, that's a scare tactic as well. But it's, uh, you know, people don't follow signs. Let me tell you why. If it says maximum speed limit is 65 miles an hour, is everybody going max 65? No. No it, so does it make it dangerous to go slower than the rest of the crowd? That's another that's another issue. That's another issue, but in terms of speeding, you know, I, I don't think everybody just maxes out 65 and stays there. So then do we cha- do we change all the cars to only go 65 max? Is that the solution? Mm. Yeah, is that the solution? I mean, I don't even know why we have 120 miles an hour. It's, you know, the speedometer. Drive, I have no idea. To run away. It's like, hey, hey, please, hey here's know. this, but don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the power. But don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, that's, I feel like it's, in that case, a lot. Or it might be the other way around, you know, where where it's basically like weed in California right now. Don't do it, but if you do it, be safe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Man. Right. Okay. Yeah. There are currently eight states that allow the presence of concealed weapons on public post-secondary campuses. So that means colleges. Uh, for the layman, I guess. Colorado, Idaho, Kansas, Mississippi, Oregon, Texas, Utah, and Wisconsin. It is illegal for citizens to carry concealed weapons in all 50 states. Uh, is that true? Hmm. Yeah, I think here in California too, it's also allowed to conceal it. I think wait, wait, there's different standards or different requirements for each state, though. I'm sure of it. Like I don't, I don't know here. Maybe it's like 
You could you could uh, you could conceal it just as long as it's unloaded. I guess something like that. However, there are 18 states that ban concealed weapons and weapons on college campuses, and 23 states that place the decision to ban concealed weapons in the hands of the university. Two states, Arkansas and Tennessee, allow certain faculty to carry weapons, but exclude students and the general public. It's all very confusing stuff, you know. This is the definition of American law. There's a big law, and then there's a small law, and there's a smaller law, and then there's smaller laws within the smaller laws. Which is interesting about this country. I mean, you have the federal law, and if the federal doesn't cover it, then the states get to decide. And then and if the states the don't county, decide, then the city gets no, to the decide. the county decides, and then the city decides. And then if the city don't decide, I guess the university decides. (laughs) It's so weird. Given this reality, our only effective recourse is to prevent or minimize future mass shootings, is to arm as many good people as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What do you think, man? I I, I think he started off very strong. Makes a lot of good points. And then just in the end, he puts in his personal agenda. And then that just ruins his credibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's I arm as many good people that are willing to own a gun. Because there's some good people there that are not willing to hold something of great power. So basically, we're forming a militia. At a university. <laughs> yeah. You walk in and everybody at school is holding He closes with this point. The perpetrator of the Orlando nightclub shooting, an Islamic extremist, was eventually killed by a police officer, a good guy with a gun. Ah, he should have ended with like a, if it was a civilian, that would have been more, a a greater story because he should have, police officer. He should have ended at, it's impossible to ban all guns from college campuses without doing the TSA search. That just makes his whole point of the story. Hmm. Not all police officers are good, I'll say that. Yeah. Many are. But just because, you know, you own a gun doesn't make you a good guy. A certain amount of people are good and a certain amount of people are bad. It's pretty much how I view it. But uh, what are your closing thoughts with Daniel Howell here? What would you say to him if you got the chance to write a letter to the editor or whatever. What do people call it now? Whatever it is. Yeah, letters to the editor. And you've done one of those or no? No, no. I see uh, maybe in, in class. It was just a draft. I never turned it in though. Because it was too, it was too controversial. Uh, too controversial. They probably ripped it up <laughs> for sending out. And they probably kicked but, you uh, out of school. <laughs> but my... my, my uh, my question to the guy was, how about we just let some people go rogue? You know, I actually experienced a classmate in class say that he owned a firearm with him. He carried it with him. He was a person of military. Even though it was illegal to carry it on campus, he said he had it. I didn't, I didn't see it Wait, personally. This was in college? But he said he had it with him. This was, was in that? college or high school? Well, it was in college. Okay. He said, just in case... Somebody comes in here and starts shooting, he'd be ready. Perfect example, you know. But it was illegal. You know, it's illegal, but he's a person who is a good person. He said, I would defend everybody in this room if something were to happen. It's Hey, we're the government. We're saying it's illegal, so you can't do it. Even though you can, you can't do it. 
well, here's a guy who just did it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even know if he didn't have told me, man. Why did he tell you? That's what, that's what I'm wondering. I guess he trusted me, man. Are you sure? Are you, well, how, how, are you how sure do you, this person was real? Uh, he's, he's real, man. He is real. Did, how did, did he did, know that I wouldn't be like any, a typical college student and, and tattletale? Did anyone on else in the room, was anyone else in the room able to see this person you were speaking with? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm man. Not, it was it was it surprised me. It surprised me for real, though. But I didn't tell anybody. You just told the whole world right now on multiple perspectives. Yeah, yeah, but it, it happened. It happened, and and and, and uh, years later, I guess the person graduated. I didn't hear any shootings on campus to happen, even though we had some incidents in our university. Uh, that, that's, that's something to roll around in your head. I'm not sure why that happened or, you know, if it was a good thing that it happened. But let's go to NBC News. And this story is saying that voters divided on government role in gun control. Written by Carrie Dan. And why don't you go ahead and give us the lowdown of uh, all these statistics here. So pretty much... It's almost 50-50, but it's not. 50% of voters say that they are concerned that the government will go too far in restricting the rights of citizens to own guns, according to a new NBC News slash Wall Street Journal poll, while 47% said they are more concerned that authorities would not do enough to regulate access to firearms. Are you, are, My question is what happened to others? Are you in the remaining 3%? I probably would right, be. Right, yeah. The, the, Actually, I'm more... The remaining 3% are, are people like us where it's... We, we, and neither option fits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not fully concerned that the government would take everything, but I know the consequences of that happening. You know, I'm not I'm not really the type of person that would actually own a firearm. But you'd like the right to. But I like the right to. I wouldn't like it to be taken away. Right. So, it, it comes down to principle. I, I just think when, you know, people are... Things are being taken away from us, or rights are being being taken away. You think where are they going to draw the line? If they're doing this now, what are they going to do in a year? Yeah, I mean they slowly repeal stuff. This you know, country is right. This is boiling the frog. Slowly boiling the frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it is. Oh, you know, we use that analogy a lot. I think we should change our logo to a frog. <laughs> so the the, 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 for, the format of this article here is. Hey, we did a poll. Here's some results. So there's really no bias in here. I don't think there is. I mean, I feel like this journalist is really just reporting on the stats. Um, do you think it's leaning one way or the other? No, I mean, she even mentioned like back in uh, like in San Bernardino accident. I don't know which one that was. I think it was that. It was that the director's kid. No, that was Santa Barbara. This was a different one. Yeah. Oh, that's Santa yeah. Barbara. Well, they're saying that fifty percent, the the margin was different. The recent poll, it's very close, fifty to forty-seven. At that time in December twenty fifteen, it was fifty-two percent were worried about government overreach, while forty-four percent expressed more concern about gun policy. So it, it kind of fluxes. But back in the day, in nineteen ninety-five, Bill Clinton, our first president, for me, saying that fifty-eight percent were worried that the government would still not do enough to regulate access to guns. Well, only 35 were worried about government control. Now, it kind of flipped from the 90s to now, where there's an increase in people worried about government overreach. Well, you know, 
I think Columbine was pretty much the flip. And that was 1999. Uh, that sparked a whole bunch of debate on gun control. Um, and that's, I feel like we're seeing that in the flip in the statistics. But the article goes on to mention that, you know, there's always a margin of error in surveys. Mm-hmm. And for this one, it's it's plus or minus three point one percent. I'm not sure where they get that num- that number. There's a there's a statistical formula. I didn't pay attention in that class. So I'm not sure what it is, but uh, you know, always keep in mind that margin of error for any survey that people are taking or people are reporting on. Because yeah, because there's only a thousand right. people, and out of that thousand, how many people are gonna say, "Oh, I don't really care about this. I'm just gonna mark answers." Yeah. I mean, you could interview two people and say 50% chose this and 50% <laughs> chose that. And <laughs> say that without saying how many people you interview. Right. <laughs> you technically <laughs> could do that. Yeah. You could do that. It wouldn't be good data, but hey. It, yeah, it wouldn't be good data, but I think it'd be valid data. It'd be valid. <laughs> it would be valid, but it, it's it, not it, if you're reporting it. It just wouldn't be. It'd be useless data. <laughs> yeah, that would be useless. I don't know. Is this surprising to you? Is this number surprising to you? Um, to, uh, if I had seen uh, the, you know, I, if I had seen an article that said, oh, people voted on guns and gun control, I would think that it'd be somewhere around 75% who were saying government isn't doing enough to regulate a- access um, mm. because of all the recent happenings. Now, this was published today as of uh, yeah. June 26th. So, this is after all the recent shootings. And I'm surprised it's still a split, which means people are thinking. That's, a That's good what thing. it means, yes. People are very conscious. People are actually thing, thinking. Yeah. They're not just watching the news and seeing, oh, guns, let's just get rid of them. I mean, there's there's a big percentage of people thinking that. But just the fact that it's evenly split like this, people are putting their minds to work on what's really happening rather than just seeing what's on the surface. Mm. I think people are just sick and tired, man. Sick and tired of what? Sick and tired. Sick and tired of all this stuff happening. You know, how can you tell the solution? You can't take all the guns away. I mean, politics, like fashion, goes in a circle. In the 60s, we were talking about <laughs> race relations, marijuana, a little bit about guns, and now what are we talking about now? Drugs, race relations, race relations marijuana, guns. Yeah. It's the same thing, just over and over and over and over. It's a different context every time, but it's the same thing. So you know, yeah, no, that's that's why you pay attention to history. A lot of the politicians are the ones who grew up in the era too. So a lot of their ideas are translating to us. But us young generation, we're kind of more free thinkers. I would believe. I would hope. so. I don't really like that word, free thinker. Okay, it makes uh, me feel like I, I post on Tumblr. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, what uh, What do you call it? Enlightened. No, not that enlightened. Sounds, that's informed. Yeah, I like informed. It's a neutral. Informed. It's a neutral word because free thinker gives you the hippie vibe. Oh, the new yeah, age the new vibe. age vibe. Okay. Right. Let's move along to our last story here. It's coming from CNN.com and it's titled Texas Woman Shoots, Kills Two Daughters. Now, as soon as you had sent me this, I saw people posting on Facebook. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it supports their anti-gun ideas. So it's these stories here that are really making a bad name for guns. 
And this yeah. is, what do you call it, an isolated incident? Yeah, it's an isolated incident. I think it also, because, oh, it's in Texas. See, even in Texas where they're pro-gun, this happened. That's how I kind of see it. I mean, it's a sad story. Like, I don't know how that happens, really. It's not that you own a weapon. I mean, the daughter, the, the, the mom killed her two daughters, according to the article. Right. So, it, I mean, it, it just happened. So there hasn't been that many developments on it. They're holding off on providing more details. But basically what happened is the police showed up and they shot the, the mom. And it doesn't say if the mom is dead or still alive. And this was after they found her after she shot her two daughters. And she refused to put her gun down. That's basically the whole story. That's all we got from it right now. But just from the headline, people are going to take this, put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, and say, here's what happens when we give people guns. That's a big, uh, that's a big point. A lot of people who are pro-gun restriction, who are anti-gun, they always say, oh, if you have a higher chance of killing somebody in your own family or yourself if you own a gun. That's a big statistic that they use. I don't know the actual story. This is why I believe that everyone shouldn't own a gun. Because I don't know their emotional state, their emotional quotient, their intelligence on how they handle certain situations. I don't know what happened here. Because a weapon, you know, this type of tool has a lot of power. It could change a lot of things. It could take lives away. Even though I believe that people have the right to own it, I think not everyone should own it. And then after all those considerations, you got to also consider that once you ban all the guns, if we ever make that happen... What is still stopping people from getting the guns illegally? Yeah, no, nothing. nothing. There is nothing stopping someone who is so inclined to get a gun somehow. Or they start shooting everybody with bows and arrows. Right. I mean, and then we go to knife violence, and they're going to start banning knives. Then we go to fork violence, and they're going to start banning forks. And then it's spoon I mean, violence. that is, a, <laughs> you know, we're saying on a slippery slope, but it could happen. Right. It's impossible, I think, to remove all of it. Right. We're not saying that argument, don't take it literally. We're just saying, conceptually, that's what might happen if we start the ball rolling. This happens, you know, this story. These stories always happen once in a while. Somebody shoots their family, a kid shoots their brother or something like that. Yeah, but, you know, people report it more during times like this. When people are already upset about guns and all that. This story, I guarantee, got a lot more a lot more clicks now than it would have, you know, six months ago or a month ago. Mm-hmm. The news is all about money. And guess what? They just made some money by us clicking on this and talking about it. So I guess they have won. Uh, it all comes down to money. That's pretty much. Oh, what are what are the three? If multiple perspectives wrote one of those little gift books that you'd find at Kohl's or something, you know, like that. The top three tips for life. What would number one be? Number what would I my what what would I say? Yeah, yeah. For multiple perspectives and life tips. Always do your own research. Okay, I'd say number two is laws don't stop anybody, and then number three is probably it all comes down to money or something like that. It's a very depressing book. I wouldn't get it for anyone. <laughs> step step three is look at one and two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically. Or form your own opinion. 
Now, there are a lot of tips that we give people, but even after listening to us talk about news from different sources, what do you do? You go look at more sources. Listen to the right. the liberal podcast, then listen to the conservative podcast, then listen to and then listen to Alex yeah, Jones. listen to Alex Jones, whatever the whatever spectrum he is on. He's not even on the same spectrum. <laughs> he he's on a different level. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then listen to Rush Limbaugh, and then listen to Bernie Sanders. Listen to everything you can, read everything you can. Don't let stupid articles like the previous one we read discourage you from reading more that's all i I know the new the the news is very depressing man i mean i I would still encourage people to read it and then form an opinion on it you're gonna take a break of it sometimes but a lot of the news that this reporting is very sensationalized and very depressing well you know at a certain point we're just preaching to the choir and that's pretty much our cue to wrap up this week's episode. We did go a little bit long on our, our second segment there. Uh, next week, we'll probably go back into the usual weekly controversies. But if you'd like to read any of the stories we cover this week, feel free to check out the show notes. Otherwise, we'll see you next week.